Your Newcastle. Welcome to Your Newcastle Season 4. Today I'm joined in studio with Jamie Boswell, who is the Development Manager at Iris Capital. And for those of you who are in the know around Newcastle CBD and the Urban Renewal Project, we started more than seven years ago in the city that has seen huge amounts of change right throughout the CBD of Newcastle, particularly around people coming to live back in the city centre. One of those flagship projects people would recognise in what was known as the Hunter Street Mall in the old David Jones building was stage one of Iris Capital's development, which has won a lot of architectural awards just recently in the last 12 months. Stage two is already underway and the final stage is quite the way through planning. To unlock a lot of this potential and the protection of the heritage in the East End and bringing people to live back in the city, Jamie, who is a local Novocastrian, grew up in Newcastle, married a a local Novocastrian woman, SFX girl, has been running Iris's operations here. So he's the best person to talk about what it has been like recreating the east end of Newcastle and the Hunter Street Mall in collaboration with, obviously, his development partners, but also the new people that they're bringing into the CBD, as well as us at the City of Newcastle, who are planning a lot of our public domain works to integrate in with the public domain works that Iris are doing. Jamie, tell us a little bit about how you got involved in this project and what it's been like for you. Well, thank you for having us this afternoon. Sam Arnu from Iris Capital came to Newcastle in early 2016 when GPT and Urban Growth owned what was the East End footprint and fell in love with the site and saw it as a great opportunity to give back to Newcastle people and take what, as Novocastians, we know the war was heading downhill and heading downhill fast and to really bring that back to life. And as you mentioned previously, the amount of awards we have won in the last six months, it's been recognised for the effort that's gone in to revitalising this part of Newcastle. It's not easy. We have a site that has a number of heritage buildings which in hindsight when you look at them now they're a great asset to the precinct the things that the general public don't see is underneath the ground we have two mine seams we have european and indigenous archaeology we have water tables we have contamination a lot of these things are occurring prior to anyone seeing us get out of the ground with our development so it's challenging but When you sit back and you stand in front of what was David Jones and now the QT Newcastle Hotel and look at the building, uh, it's quite proud to be a Novocastrian, be a part of that journey. And it's been well received by not only Newcastle people, but a lot of people that are now taking the weekend approach to Newcastle, coming up, staying long weekends, falling in love with Newcastle and a lot of them don't leave, which is, it's great to be a part of. Yeah, you are really hands-on in this project, doing a lot of the development management, a lot of the coordination. You even like turn your hand to some social media virus capital (laughs) sometimes. So yeah, you are a jack of many trades here running this project and also very local. You had just mentioned to me before we started that with the pandemic and, you know, obviously causing chaos around travel and, you know, people moving around and lockdowns the last couple of years. We now have cruise ships and tourists uh, coming back into the city, which is great for hospitality, retail, tourism and the like. But tell me a little bit about what happened. Was it today? today it- yeah. So I think today's the third cruise ship, which is 
back into Newcastle. Some 2,500 people or more get off the cruise ship every morning and first thing they do, they're wandering around the streets of Newcastle. A lot of people just stop and stare and look at stage one, which is amazing. We ensure that our real estate office has their presence felt. Buyer from today off the cruise ship turned into the display suite and has, by the time they leave this afternoon, we'll be an apartment owner in East End Stage 2. So it's a testimony that people can hop off a cruise ship, fall in love with Newcastle and leave that same day being a new apartment owner. So it's a great experience. It's amazing. Like as a Novocastrian, obviously I love Newcastle and I've always seen the beauty in the city because I grew up in the East End as well, like in Brown Street, just around the corner. And it seems obvious to me, of course, you if you could afford an apartment in there, you would buy an apartment in there, it'd be amazing. And to think that someone just sailed through our heads uh, this morning, um, past Nobby's, pulled up, went for a walk through the CBD, thought Newcastle was so amazing, which of course it is, and went, I'm just going to splash some cash and buy an apartment. Just cruising past one day is not enough. I want to live here. (laughs) I want to invest here. It's fantastic. I mean, it's really what, like a hallmark sort of story around the urban renewal. Unlocking that was was difficult, as you, you were probably aware. And Sam, having that vision and Iris Capital having that vision and putting the team together here has been a real game changer for the city. And I have to acknowledge Michael Castle at Urban Growth's work with me as a, as a newly elected Lord Mayor, but also a long-term resident and councillor on the city, knew that a few things had to change if we were going to, you know, stem the the demise of Hunter Street and also just genuinely revitalise the city. So a lot of different people had to contribute to making sure those pieces fell together. But finding a developer partner like Iris that was also very willing not only to put a lot of their own capital into making this project viable and how you describe that is all of the underground works that you need to do before you can even you know, put one brick on top of another is quite a phenomenal investment. And you have to be pretty experienced in the development industry to deal with that, but also deal with the heritage. And for us, you know, we had, you know, the community quite rightly protesting on the streets at the notion that we were going to put, not me personally, but a previous council uh, and state government were wanted to actually make Newcastle like quite high rise in the historic East End. And it was goodwill on the behalf of uh, Sam and Iris Capital, the work of urban growth and us at the, the new council at the time that really worked together in a collaborative way to actually reduce those building heights, protect the heritage in those master plans and, and those development consents that then allowed uh, the, the heights and the density that was always planned for Newcastle to go on the West End, which has basically happened at the same time, which has been fantastic in terms of investment in Newcastle. But some of the really tricky work with development is those brownfield sites. So it's the two mine seams that are that you needed to grout. You know, tell us how long it actually took to fill the ground, essentially to be stable for you to actually build on top of it. Yeah, so from acquisition in late 2016. There's a lot of planning work obviously in getting an approval, which in this process, the approval is probably one of the the easier parts of the process. We go through a demolition phase. Newcastle people know that on the corner of the site was the, I think the seven storey pink concrete car park. So on day one, we are, our contractors are jackhammering 
not 24-7, but within from start of consent hours to finish, we had complaints, 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 because Newcastle people, whilst wanting change, don't necessarily embrace it once it occurs. So initially we had, yes, a lot of, not issues, but with Newcastle people just wanting to be, they wanted also to be a part of the journey. But didn't just hang, like jackhammers. Exactly, yeah, yeah, wanted to hang on yeah. to the past. So. There's a certain nostalgia that permeates, you know, popular culture around Newcastle and popular debate. But when you scratch the surface of that, I have found as having to manage and lead through an enormous period of change and actually initiate that change, you find that most people, once you deliver the new infrastructure, a lot of the issues that occur, you know, around construction, around noise during the process fall away because they're so happy with the result. Correct. The chalk and cheese from stage one to our stage two demolition, people could see it's part of the process. Uh, stage two was relatively straightforward with its demolition. But getting back to your original question, post-demolition, uh, there's not too many developments when you drive around Newcastle that have their car parking under the ground. We're probably the, one of the only sites, if not the only one in Newcastle, that has put two levels of basement car parking under the ground. Uh, with that has the challenges of mine seams, contamination, European Indigenous archaeologies. Uh, example, the Indigenous archaeology on stage one, I think we had circa 20,000 plus artefacts that came out of the site, similar on stage two, uh, and then mixed in with that a number of European archaeological finds that occur during the process, one of the most interesting ones on stage two, we found an original ship's anchor. So six foot high. Wow. Uh, yeah, so you find the anchor, your heart sort of stops and looking around to see where the boat was. <laughs> <laughs> but it does give you an indication of what Newcastle, that's where uh, it was on the, just below King Street, that's where the original shoreline was. So that anchor will be restored and will form part of the public open space within stage two. That's just part of the challenge of developing in Newcastle and getting into the ground before you can actually see a building come up out of the ground. Another thing that helped Newcastle development was the grout fund put together by the government. Whilst it isn't paying for the works to be done, it gives some certainty with a, a ceiling cap on that if X amount of grout is needed to go into the, into the ground to stabilise for development, developers know that there's a ceiling there that we're going to only expend X amount of money. And if it goes above that, there's uh, security that the government fund is there and able to step in and help development. So The mine grouting fund has been very important because people, you know, complain for decades, oh, Newcastle's declining, you know, this is not happening, that's not happening. And when we actually scratched the surface of the myriad of reasons this was happening, one pretty big reason was that the, the actual cost was exponentially larger and also very unknown because of the two coal seams. I mean, the same thing is actually occurring for us as we're going through the expansion project at the art gallery at the moment, we have to fill those two coal seams yes. at the same time. So you would have pumped grout yep. into the stage one site for at least 12 months? At least. So the, the deepest seam, the, I think it's the Dudley seam, 70 metres under the ground is accurately mined. So from a surveying background myself, mm. it's where they say the seams are is actually uh, where is they actually are. Where, so, Good to know. <laughs> yeah, so it's a strategic geotechnical device that knows where to grout those seams. The challenging part is what's referred to as a former convict mine workings within Newcastle. Is that uh, the borehole? The borehole seam, which sits at around 30 metres under the ground. So historically there's, there's word that convicts on a Sunday were allowed to 
go in and mine, get, their own, get their own coal and do what they like with. So our contractors would be tracing where a coal seam would be going. Then it would just turn a corner. Then it would just turn a corner and the next day that, or the next time the convicts went in, they decided we might go a different direction today. So our stage one site had circa 300 holes drilled through that convict seam and grouted. Uh, and that is an unknown until you start drilling and it's all it's all just there. testing, seeing where the holes are, if you can fill them. Correct. Yeah, you're not just dealing with one seam, no. seventy five meters below ground, and another one that's completely unknown or partially mapped, but you know it's unknown at thirty meters, twenty five to thirty meters, the Dudley and the borehole seams, and we're filling those over same on the Derby um, Street correct. corner at the moment, yeah. and obviously using that same mine grouting fund to cap the the cost of those works those are all the types of very unique differences of why development didn't occur there was also (laughs) some decision making issues i believe around the time and also just genuinely not understanding how to do the development in line with community expectation and community wishes which we were very aware of and obviously sam and iris were very aware of hence the, the really big effort to not only engage three different architects, that's just stage one, but also take a lot of time and effort to restore the heritage and celebrate the heritage. I mean, the finished product of the David Jones building and the QT Hotel is really something that all Nova Cash students can be proud of. And that's all Iris's you know, painstaking work with your contractors working for you. But the outcome, I think, is truly phenomenal. Feeling social? Follow City of Newcastle on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. I have in recent weeks had some birdies tell me that we might even come full circle in Newcastle and have David Jones come back into the city centre. Have you heard the same thing? Yeah, there's been a few whispers along those lines, so time will tell. But back to your comment, the, the heritage facade, the restoration, painful, but every every day of the week you you go through the same process because when you turn around and look at that building, it's amazing. It is. The other really amazing component that people don't realise, the amount of planning that goes into the public domain. And as you know, we came in at the end of that work at council and, and did all of the works at next to stage one, and obviously planning exactly the same thing with stage two and the final stage in the Hunter Street Mall area, which is recreating the road with very slow moving traffic, but also making sure that there's a separated cycleway, really good outdoor dining and pedestrian areas, high quality planting and vegetation. And people can see what that will look like in the coming years because stage one has been already delivered. For you at Iris, the laneways that go between the buildings that actually feed into the original laneways are also a really, I think, unique part of how you've gone about that developing that site and recreating those links that are through city blocks. And I think it makes it really interesting and also very livable for people that are living in that area. What have you got planned uh, to link with the current public domain works that you've done for stage two and three? Sam is really passionate when he talks to me about public domain and public art and lighting. And I think what people will see in there will be really exciting. Yeah, so stage one, we have uh, numerous public art within the laneways, which our buildings don't have a 
back end essentially there's activation on 360 degrees through stage one we have the the flowers of newcastle which are blooming uh, and we go through to the portal to the universe which starts at lyric theater which is we all know this progressing which is great that laneway will link through stage two there's more public artwork and lighting that occurs as part of the stage two process uh, and into the final stage which we're going through the planning process at the moment that lyric lane will extend all the way up to through to new common street so we've got activation of four city blocks 360 degrees car parking under the ground which allows retail to come back into newcastle and thrive without the unsightliness of car parking and we have activation on hunter street king street the new lyric lane new common thorn wolf perkins street it's going to be very very good when it's finished and something for newcastle to celebrate yeah it's going to be the the place to visit or the place to live if you get off a cruise ship and buy an apartment all in the same day. <laughs> yeah, so you mentioned before, Newcastle people know how good Newcastle is. A lot of 60 plus percent of our buyers in stages one and two combined, Newcastle people downsizing or relocating into the city. We're creating that urban village where livability is easy. You can stay, go home, come down to a restaurant, cafe, rooftop bar, Newcastle's the only one which if you haven't been to it's amazing at the QT, uh, QT it's really cool I love it yeah, yeah. Q- the restaurant in, in QT with Massimo correct yeah <laughs> we've only just scratched the surface with stage one stage two on track to be completed in the first quarter of next year planning for the final stages being three and four is underway with a design architectural competition so you mentioned before on stage one we had three architects a different architect again, local for stage two. Be different architects for the final stages, so we're not a boring concrete building and non-aesthetic. No prefab. No prefab. The buildings are unique, amazing, and if you were to come back into Newcastle, having not been here for a number of years, it has a presence that these buildings belong. The planning is outstanding. When you go up to Nobby's Head and look back, everything fits in nicely with the Newcastle skyline it's a yeah, the, the planning process has been thought through from not only from iris point of view but government's development it's a holistic approach and one that sam wanted to take on from the get-go having control of what is the largest urban development project in newcastle or if not the hunter in parts of new south wales and you know, taking carriage and bringing forth 600 plus apartments so we're going to have 1500 to 2000 new residents living in the city hectares of new retail opportunities the qt hotel the rooftop bar it's a really good place to be to be living and be a part of it's your newcastle access all our services and resources at newcastle.nsw.gov.au the interesting thing that sam had said to me last time he was in newcastle I think it was for the opening of the QT, he said, oh, I'm putting this and this and this into the stage two. And I said, oh, wow, um, that's going to be different to stage one, which is fantastic. And he said his strategy was to have everyone that was already in stage one that wanted to upgrade or do something different is to move over into stage two. He's quite the entrepreneur, really, in terms of the empire that he's built. But the the vision and what he has contributed in terms of aesthetic and public domain will always be there for Novocastrians and visitors to see and celebrate because if people don't realise all of particularly the ground floor area is all actually commercial or retail so 
as you go back through the mall once this is finished, well, the new mall, you will actually see lots of different opportunities in terms of bespoke retail, specialty retail. It'll actually be a destination altogether in itself. Notwithstanding, it all works just to sheer numbers. Cities only work if you have people living in them and working in them. And the numbers never stacked up for the CBD of Newcastle on the length of Hunter Street that we never had enough residents living and working all at the same time and bringing residents back into the city in such a aesthetically pleasing way that has protected the heritage, worked with community, has been, you know, a, probably a real pleasure for you to work on as a local. Correct, yeah, the local, it's a it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be a part of this development. You and I would know as we walk through the QT or Newcastle, we know that, well, that was the menswear section. That's where the, <laughs> the, the cookie shop was. So, oh, uh, I love those brandy snaps. <laughs> exactly. Everyone, everyone loved and has a story to tell about. Because they smelled so good in there, didn't they? Correct. Can't wait for Maybe David. they'll come back. <laughs> I can't wait for David Jones to come back. You're not going to give me a little um, sneak peek? Not giving you anything. So. Oh, damn. But for Sam... To have the vision, to have the drive and the passion to set forward. And this is what he said from day one, what he wanted to deliver. No one can question what has been said was going to happen. You can go into the display suite. You see all the pretty renders that look really fantastic. You actually turn around and stage one looks 110% like the rendered image that were presented to purchasers back in the day. So Sam's wish for stage one buyers to buy into stage two. Luckily, or unlucky, it didn't work out because we had that many buyers <laughs> <laughs> buying in stage two. We're down to, uh, I think, six apartments left to sell. Oh, so, get in there. Yeah, yeah, so the pressure is on for all, all parties, council, agencies and like to push on and get stage the final stages approved so we can get that to market. Uh, we're in the process of building our third display suite now. We've, we've, where our current house is, it'll be knocked down as part of the development, so... A new display suite. Display, display. suite. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of talking uh, in these podcasts. Is, um, is being built in one of our tenancies on Hunter Street opposite One Penny Cafe. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so One Penny down to the QT yep. coffee shop, celebrate with your apartment purchase. So we will establish our new display in the heart of what is the first stage. stage and Yeah. So that work is, you know, we're well and truly underway with that. We just need... Need approvals and we'll keep selling and uh, we'll get this thing developed and finished for all Nova Castrians to enjoy. No pressure. No, no pressure. pressure. No. <laughs> Look, I'm just really glad that we were able to play some role in unlocking the complicated and sometimes toxic politics around transport into Newcastle, light rail, heavy rail, and just making decisions in the best interest of the future of Newcastle that then allowed this type of entrepreneurship and development to occur that actually genuinely protected heritage and building heights and view corridors and had people living back in the city and could come full circle with David Jones back in the CBD. (laughs) You're not letting that go, are you? (laughs) No, I was hoping you'd like, you know, drop me a little pearl or something. (laughs) You never know. You never know. Time will tell. But no, it's it's been good holistic planning, the opening or the removal of the heavy rail to link the harbour to the beaches, uh, it's it's an easy spot to live. It's not difficult to see why our, our apartments sell quickly. Uh, our buyers love it. It's a really enjoyable place. 
to live and enjoy life. So. Yeah, I know uh, someone in Newcastle that actually said to me they bought it as an investment. They, their children, they have a, live in a family house with their children. They've obviously had a successful business. And they said, oh, we bought it for when we're much older and want to retire. Right. <laughs> so, That's another, yeah, it's fantastic. story which uh, Adam won't mind me sharing. So Adam had a lead architect for SJB, brought an apartment in the building that he designed. He now is basically a quasi Novocastrian that lives here Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. He loves Newcastle. If you speak to Adam, he'll tell you he can't believe how good Newcastle is. And yeah, testimony, he, he's designed an apartment, brought one, and spends 50% of his life living in Newcastle now. Well, he's just smart. He is. That's all, that's all <laughs> I have to say about that situation. Like, we always knew Newcastle was great. But I think it's wonderful that we can share that and also wonderful for us to be able to play a role in the revitalisation of our CBD area, the protection of the heritage, which is so important. But also all of the interesting components that you and the challenges that you've had delivering stages one um, in the process of stage two and the final stage, it's a huge undertaking. And I know that there's even more opportunities to enhance that. And, you know, we have a role to play with the removing our old car park that was in the King Street entrance area there underneath the cathedral. That's been almost fully demolished now. And everyone says to me that's in the CPD, oh, God, that looks so much better. <laughs> Not only was it a, an eyesore, but it was past its end of its useful life as an asset and becoming very expensive uh, to maintain and also had several issues around concrete cancer and the like. So having that removed opens up another opportunity as well for us as a, as a council site owner, not just to put extra car parking in, but also look at how those view corridors can work in with what Iris is building and developing and delivering in the city and make sure we have the highest and best use public domain that really stands the test of time for generations to come. Yes, true. It's, it's challenging. We have a lot of restrictions. We've, we're working with our heritage buildings. We've got our view corridors, the cathedral. We're in conjunction with council. You know, what is Hunter Street Mall is it's difficult. You walk from New Common Street down to Wolf Street and you don't know if you're on the road, are you on the footpath? <laughs> you have no idea. You walk across the road, Wolf Street, into Hunter Street where it's been between stage one, cycle path, curb and gutter, footpaths, outdoor dining, the delineation is there it's nice and simple and people can then turn around and know this is what's just been built by council look forward this is what's going to occur we match the heritage restoration the views of our city and people can see part of the evidence is stage one how great it looks it's going to be exciting to see stage two finalise early next year and then hopefully we into the final stage and you know, people can see the final puzzle put together and it will bring what we refer to as uh, East End Village to life. Yeah, it's fantastic. Congratulations on your role, Jamie, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. That's your Newcastle. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review us wherever you listen.